0: Hey everybody, this is your host, Javier and Daniel, and you're listening to the Brown Sound Podcast.
1: We're just two brown best amigos talking about everything and anything through a Latino and indigenous
0: perspective. In this podcast, expect some tears, joy, and definitely laughter. Imagine you
1: sitting around a table with your best friends but sober. Or you can have a drink too, because we don't judge.
0: Well... All right, welcome back everybody. You are listening to Brown Sound season 3. What is going on, Daniel? What are you doing? <laughs> hey.
1: <laughs> hey, what's going on? Uh hey, I know we 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 got some messages about ghosting. We've been we haven't ghosted you. We just were busy last week. It's been it's been a busy week. We normally we try to stick with, you know, an episode a week, but you know,
0: uh Yeah. Life, schedules life in the happened lab. Last well, week. well, and you've been a busy man and I mean you're going to share that here in a little bit what you've been up to. Um but why don't we jump into our person spotlight because we have a we have a jam-packed episode today. We have a lot of cool stuff going on.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I guess I'll start off my my person shout out goes to it's not I guess it's one person, it's a it's a whole office. So I'm going to give my shout out to uh the University of Idaho Native American Student Center. Um the staff there, Dakota, Sadell, Micah, Hewax um they you know they they did a lot of hard work planning the indigenous people's day at the university of idaho which we'll touch in a little bit But yeah so shout out to the ui native center it's so cool to see um all of those all those the four women that are working in there are all from my community and so it's so cool to see them uh you know step into that that leadership role especially in higher education so um shout out to them and uh Yeah, that's that's who I have my shout-out
0: to for people. Today, I wanted to give a spotlight to someone who's very near and dear to me because today is his birthday. So today, my spotlight and shout-out goes to my brother, Eduardo Gomez. Today... He has a birthday and late twenties oh. because he's a he's a yeah. he's a year under me. So I, you know, I gotta <laughs> point out that he's. I was still like, a young wait a
2: second.
0: <laughs> I was like, wait, late twenties. I'm in my late twenties, and he's older than me. But
1: yeah, well, that's that's fine. We get it?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know how it is. You know how it is. Yeah, yeah. no, chickens. What? Let's share with folks what is going on, what has been going on with you recently, because you you've been busy and you've kind of been um, all over the media, yeah. social uh, social media, regular media, any media. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So so on Indigenous Peoples Day, which was on Monday, you know, some states still celebrate, and some weird people still celebrate Columbus Day, but we <laughs> don't do that here. We celebrate Indigenous Peoples Day, and so on Monday, I was actually invited um, by the University of Idaho's Native American Student Center to be the Keynote speaker for their Indigenous Peoples Day event. So, nice. um, so I got to, you know, reach out to U of I's communications office and they did a press release last week. And that kind of just opened up the door to all these other different media outlets that, um, reached out to me. You know, I was, I got interviewed by KTVB in Boise with their. Yeah, you with their program, the 208. And so I got to do a little, you know, a little media interview with them. And then the Lewiston Morning <laughs> Tribune and even like the, the Moscow poll, or I don't know what's called the Palouse new I don't know. There's these, these little local um, news outlets covered the <laughs> event and it was like, it kind of blew up over social media. <laughs> And um, it's, it's been really cool to see just to, um, you know, amplify not only just my voice, but Indigenous voices so that it, it, was, it was really, really a humbling experience. I think, you know, it was really cool to see my community definitely step in and, and support and um, other people, yeah. you know, so, so yeah, so that's, that's been me, you know, it's, and then, you know, last week I was even invited on another Native podcast, they wanted to talk about Indigenous Peoples Day and what it's like to be, you know, what, what's my favorite Everything of being native and stuff like that. So, yeah, I've been, last week was just a busy week, and then just trying to <laughs> prep and like you know, I, and I was, like, freaking out Monday, like, you know, when I was texting you I had, like, this huge um, like, feeling of, like, imposter syndrome but not from, like, not that I didn't belong with, like, white people, but with my own people mm-hmm. you know, I felt like, like, I do I really deserve this? Do I deserve this opportunity to speak, like, you know, on my I don't know, I just had this real, I just had all these feelings on Monday and I, like, didn't eat nothing which is not normal for me so <laughs> I was, like, yeah I was stressing out, I don't know why I was so scared and then, like, in the event there was like a ton of people there and there was a lot of white people, which was cool, you know, cause they got to, you know, learn something. And then there was also a lot of natives in there too. So I was just like, I don't know. I, I was freaking out, but it, it was, overall it was a good, good turnout, good event. A lot of good questions were asked after the presentation. Good. So um, yeah, that, that's, that's been my no, that's, crazy hectic last couple of days.
0: <laughs> I, I remember getting your text, and you, you were worried, but that's because you cared so much. Right. But um, I just want to say like, I've been reading the articles, on your on your uh, on the keynote, you know, I asked you too. Is it going to be online? Can I watch? Um, but I also listened to to the podcast. And I just want to say you nailed it. One of the coolest parts for me was that not only are you talking about what you're doing to amplify Indigenous and all voices, but you also called out some of the problematic um, issues and common themes we see in the media uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to representing our community, specifically yours. And that's why today's episode is really special, because we actually have a guest. So we're dropping a special guest episode today, everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will be speaking on that topic specifically about how it affects our communities, Latino, right, indigenous, and mm-hmm. it's a different community today. And I'll, I'll allow our guest to be able to, to speak on that here in a little bit when he introduces himself. But without further ado, can we please get a brown sound? Well, like we have a crowd or something here yeah. listening. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, no, I would like to introduce our special guest today. His name is Zan Hader, and he is the host of the South Asian soliloquy Quiz podcast so Zan, are you here?
2: Yo what's going on guys?
0: <laughs> yeah. hey. hey what's up? What's Welcome on, bienvenido having... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: no thank you for having me salamu alaikum guys uh hola mis amigos you know uh you know it, it's, it's it's really cool we get to link up uh you know I was saying like in the dms I feel like um, at least in my experience, like uh, South Asian culture, specifically Pakistan or India, we don't really interact with like indigenous populations or, or like Latino populations, and not to say like it's like like there's an avoidance. I just feel like demo- like it, our geographies are just so far apart, uh, yep. even where we live in America. Like a lot of us tend to stick to like a lot of white majority areas because a lot of South Asian people, we are the quote unquote accepted minority. And so it becomes mm-hmm. really frustrating when I talk to like you know my my older generation, my parents, my my grandparents, you know uncles or relatives talking about how we need to dismantle white supremacy, when their perspective is, well, it got us to America, it, it paid our bills. Like, why would we ever want to do that? Yeah. And so, or, like, or- so <laughs> that, that that is always frustrating.
0: Yeah, or like what, you know, some people don't even believe in that there's any kind of power dynamic or structures, you know, getting them to understand that, no, once we have to, once we begin to have conversations and acknowledge that those systems are in place, that's how we can begin to work around how do we better, you know, the experience for everybody, not just the dominant culture, but... Zane, Zane, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself, your background? Um, And then once we do that, maybe would you mind sharing a little bit on your podcast? Because that's, you know, that's big, too. Yeah, absolutely, guys. So
2: just a bit about me. Uh, I'm just your average Pakistani Muslim dude living in America. Uh, uh, Just growing up in America, I was, you know, pretty brutally woken up, I would say. I had to mature really fast, uh, especially after 9-11. And seeing how friends, teachers, administrators, uh, you know, e- e- even uh, you know s- some neighbors, uh, you know, mm-hmm. kind of view me and my, my family as subhuman or as dangerous threats the moment those twin towers crashed and and i I remember like i remember this kid named named, uh you know i don't know if i can say names on here just in case it might sue but i'll just make up a name let's call him blake v and i remember uh you know we i used to be really tight with blake v and i would hang out with him all the time and one day like it was like a a month after 9 11 happened his, his mom said, uh, You know, I don't want you being uh, any, uh, you know, friends with any effing terrorists. And he said what? that to me. And I remember complaining about that to my teacher. And then my teacher said, Well, this is America. This is free speech. Welcome to America. Wow. Knowing I'm a recent immigrant.
0: Wow. wow. And so,
2: like, yeah, so like a lot of those attitudes, I was I was very like I had to learn very fast that, you know, you know just, just because I'm in America and I have like, you know, resources, because a lot of my family, we came from severely impoverished communities, right? Like power mm-hmm. would go out commonly because of the, the Pakistani heat. Um, you know, like we might not have water. We have to go to like a, the store to get like, you know, bottled water or something and drink out of that. I'll, you mm-hmm. know, being in America, you don't have to worry about those things like that. Your necessities in terms of like living facilities at least for us, were met, and our and where we were living, were met. Uh, but the emotional and and the 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 you know the the social respect that I felt like we were we deserve just being as normal human beings who are not mean to other people, who are not right. oppressive you know, to other people, that was not met. And so the whole point of kind of me starting this podcast very recently was I just want to create a voice for the voiceless, you know. And I don't want to be as arrogant as to say that I'm going to change racism, I'm going to make the world a better place. But i would like to think that yeah. if it's just one person getting on the mic and acknowledging that ignorance and bigotry is wrong racism is wrong i feel right. like that, that you know i feel like that that's enough like in, in the quran and i'm not super religious or anything but but i you know mm-hmm. I, I do like read the quran i do pray you know i am a muslim and you know there, there's a there's a quote and in, in in islam because islam is one of the few religions where uh, racism is actually punishable uh legally like like in, in islam you cannot be a racist you you like that that is what goes against the core tenets of our faith um and you know our the prophet muhammad Wasallam, our founder you know he he said that you know we are all of of the same people and in order to uh you know if you can't speak up for other people at least think about it and if you can't think about it at least feel it and if you can't even feel it then at least acknowledge you're wrong and if you can't acknowledge you're wrong then there is no hope for you and so uh that's kind of the attitude that I kind of carry in my podcast you know I cover you mm-hmm. know issues that a lot of uh Muslim women face uh you know being being harassed by by, by men uh you know I, I talk about how there is a lot of you know anti you know uh blackness and, and and a lot of our cultures even though our religion literally says you know you cannot be a racist but the, the sad joke about it is a lot of our people are and yeah. um you know a lot of the dark melon and like you know not being in the sun you know don't be in the sun too long you'll get darker a lot of those mm-hmm. you know attitudes are, are very common um, you know and, and then also in terms of our culture like a lot of south asian culture because we come from such impoverished communities because the good old british decide to come to our country you know our, our, our continent and just take all of our resources uh, because of that we a lot of us don't have you know like the basic you know amenities that we might need back in pakistan or india or bangladesh sri lanka nepal or wherever you're from in south asia and so um, you know, a lot of our parents force us, you know, and you know, they have good attitudes about it. They have like good perspectives about it, but their, their implementation is really bad. But they, they say, be a doctor, only get a corporate job, only do, you know, a nine to five, six figure job and anything in the creatives, anything in the arts is stupid. You're just signing yourself up to be broke the rest of your life. We did not come to America just for you to struggle just like we did. Um, and so yeah. a lot of South Asian culture kind of limits our individuality of, of who we are as people. So my podcast, you know, I guess I'm trying to cover the issues that our, our people face by the Western world and by other powers, as well as acknowledging that even our own people tripping sometimes, and we got to acknowledge that, too. Um, <laughs> but it's just kind of giving a voice for, for people who don't have one. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Thank
1: Thank you, I was going say, yeah, sure. that's yeah, it's really, I think it's pretty cool that it's crazy because like all... Even though our cultures and our backgrounds are so different, but we have similarities. Like what you said about, you know, not trying to get too dark, stay out of the sun. You know, I've, I remember hearing that growing up, like, you don't want to be too dark. Like, make sure you, you know, like things like that are just, and then it's weird to think like as an adult, like, why do, why do we tell our kids that, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's 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 so crazy that like we all have those similar, you know, experiences with, with hearing, you know I mean obviously we all know where it comes from colonization and, and white yeah. people. Yes. But it's just Perfect. like it's just crazy that, you know, it not just I don't know. I guess it just doesn't affect one community, but it's like a lot of our communities. Yeah. And and, 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 the, how... and that's what it's all about, right? Like we I'm sorry, what were you we saying, Javier?
0: No, go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't no, mean... I was
2: saying like I said like that's what it's all about. It's like building bridges. Like, you know, like to T'Challa from Black Panther, I'm a bit of a Marvel nerd, so I, I tend to quote Marvel <laughs> movies. I apologize. Oh yeah.
0: I, we love know, Marvel over here. Yeah, yeah, we do. No spoilers <laughs> no, know, though, no day, spoilers.
2: No <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, T'Challa said, you know, the the the, the foolish build uh, barriers in times of crisis you know, the, the wise are the ones who come together. And, you know, I when I, when I look at, for example, you know, like b- black people are killed on the regular, unfortunately, by the police. It's still happening. But because Joe Biden is in office, the media doesn't really want to cover that. But if Donald Trump is in office, they will. And to be clear, you know, like, racial discrimination and racial issues should never be dependent on if the president is red or blue because people's Mm -hmm. lives are more are worth more than just who's in office and and to me that's really disgusting how the media portrays everything is right in the world when we have a blue president and then you know the world is apocalyptic when when it's when there's a red president and i would prefer that they just keep you know the same energy the world is apocalyptic apocalyptic whether it is red or blue like don't just right. make it sunshine and rainbows the moment we have a blue president you know and <laughs> and, and, and and that's frustrating because i'm, I'm a huge liberal myself but I, I feel like a lot of our parties let us down so many times but, that's yep. topic. but um you know I, I i think uh with you know if we could come together and build barriers with with every community right if it's with the black community the, the the east asian community um you know uh african community like people straight from africa um you know south american indigenous if we all were to come together man like we, we really could make america uh you know on the right path to where we can truly be proud of america because you know i remember people giving michelle obama so much uh you know crap for saying this is the first time she was proud of her country and they were like what you're not proud of our country and i, and I remember i was 12 years old and i'm like no <laughs> no like like what did, you, what did you what did y'all do to the natives unfortunately what did y'all do to, to black people what did y'all do to, to iran what did y'all do to korea what did y'all do like you can go mm-hmm, on and on and on and on and on you know so so to answer your question like no i am not proud of America before <laughs> yeah. this, So. I feel like if all if we all as minorities were to come together and, and you know, embrace each other and, and, you know, give each other hugs and, and, you know, embrace what is beautiful of each other. We really could make America a force for justice and a force for good and, and, and mm-hmm. a, a force where, you know, all ethnicities are respected. Uh, you know, it, it's disgusting. Like racism really pisses yeah. me off, bro. Like it's really disgusting. how America's wrong mm-hmm. right
0: now. I was I was going to add um, that. A big part of that too, and that's the topic that we have today, right? Representation in the media. Unfortunately, because our communities are um, kind of far and you know far and wide, and there are little pockets of our communities in the different like states and areas. Unfortunately, because we don't get to interact as often, what we see in the media actually plays either subconsciously or on you know for whatever reason. Uh, we internalize some of those stereotypes and we start to think, you know, certain communities are this way or they're not. And, you know, that's that's why we want to talk a little bit about today. Like when you're not around a community and if all you listen to in the media, if everything they have to say about that's that, a community community consistently is negative or they paint this picture of the terrorist or the criminal or the gang member or the. You know, whatever the word is that describes the community in the media, unfortunately for some people that are very narrow-minded and that's all they see, that's what they're going to internalize, right? And that's that in itself is, is super alarming for many reasons, but that's why you start to see a lot of um, violence against specific communities, because we don't know more than what we just see, and that's what we're taking to be truth, when in reality it absolutely is not. So... I wanted to ask you both, as it relates to the media and representation of our our, our respective communities, what are some examples of toxic representation that have you that you have seen in the media?
1: I'm like, do we got enough time for that? Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. we're, just, we're just staring at each other, we're all just we yeah.
0: like smiles on our faces.
2: We're like, <laughs> uh, we're <just> <laughs> hours, do, do you want a 25 yeah. page essay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, I mean,
0: maybe pick one or two things that you would like to highlight today. But what what are things that you can think of? Who wants to go first?
1: Yeah, we'll let we'll let our guests go first. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're the guest. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's, what, that's
1: how we do things on the res like we have guests or anything like you know the guests always go first whether it's like eating or anything you know like oh guests so that's what oh, we, bro, bro like, I love it man appreciate it man. The, the vibe here is awesome uh, once again really glad to be here um,
2: I would say just off the top like media representation it's ironic there isn't a specific um, character or, 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 or a role that a famous actor did that pushed us back if that makes sense because mm-hmm. um you know and and I have to I'll be honest with you I have very limited exposure to how like indigenous folk have been represented outside of, like, you know, on Twitter, like, you know, what happened with Sachin, like, uh, little, little Flower, or, or I forget her last name, I, I apologize, um, but uh, like, how John Wayne nearly, like, assaulted her, because she talked about mm. how the natives were, uh, you know, sh- shown in, in the media in, back in the 70s. Um, you know, being in Cleveland, like, you know, th- what what was the team? It was the Cleveland Indians, right? And people right. were dressed in very stereotypical uh, garments, and, and, you know, so stuff like that it was not to the level you know like how a lot of like latino and indigenous folks to be clear how they were kind of like slammed in the media with like character caricatures and stuff like that it wasn't mm-hmm. like that you didn't have like uh you know indian or brown folk being cast like that what you did have was a lot of uh, representation in the news uh, a lot of a lot of headlines and so like for example i remember um like like cnn uh, or Fox News, or it didn't matter what, where, you know, you were getting your news media from. Uh, you know, it, it was, typically it was always, you know, we were kind of viewed as Michael Myers from Halloween, like, you got a Muslim, he's got a bomb up his butt, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how we were constantly treated, like, you know, if, anytime I was on the airplane, anytime I'm on an airplane, bro, and I, I haven't been in Pakistan in like, 12, 13 years because of this, because I have an intense phobia of flying. Um, you know, Anytime I would like be on an airplane like when I was a kid going to Pakistan, uh, you know, they would literally pat me down They would literally pat me down. They was like, a kid and, and I'm not gonna lie the security. Yeah as a kid and keep in mind now. I'm like scared too. And so um, You know when when the people are patting me down as, as a kid I'm already like, you know what I mean about to piss myself, you know what I mean? Like right. why are yeah. you grabbing like my my, my butt like it's so tight, you know what I'm saying? So um, There is a lot of, of that that I I um, as a kid, it was a lot of trauma that I was kind of viewed as like a dangerous tiger zoo animal than a kid who loved Spider-Man. And and that, that like constantly having to prove my humanity was something that was normal. And, you know, I remember watching the movie Flight Plan. It's a Jodie Foster movie. Uh, to mm-hmm. be fair, the, the movie is actually kind of kick-ass watch it, but it's also very racist. So I don't know why I'm <laughs> advocating for it <laughs> But um, uh, You know if, if, in case you haven't seen the movie pretty much uh, uh, There there's like a mom she has a kid They're They're on a airplane You know what I'm saying? And then the the when she wakes up from her nap you know, after the plane takes off her daughter is gone and then everybody on the plane is like you never brought a daughter on board and the, the main red herring villain was this family of Muslims and the camera would always kind of pan to them. So like when she's like freaking out, looking for her daughter, the camera would pan to like the the Arab father who's just kind of staring at her like this, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and like, just, it's, it's, it's like kind of playing off of the racial, you know, like, oh, like there's Muslims on a plane, and at one point they even, like, interrogated the Muslim family and, like, patted them down and, and stuff like that. And, and I, you know, it, it was even kind of more, you know, sickening that they weren't even the, the main villains. So I know people could argue that, oh, you know, the point of the film was to show that they were being stereotypical, and, and you know, that's why, that's why they played it off. That's why they weren't even the real villain. But I just personally did not appreciate the fact that they used brown trauma uh, for, for a plot twist. You know, because that happens all the time. Uh, Another, another, I forget the movie, uh, but another one, it was a Samuel L. Jackson movie. If you were to search it up on YouTube, search up Samuel L. Jackson slits hijabi woman's neck, you'll find the movie. But uh, pretty much, I forget the movie, but I remember I was a kid when I watched it, and and I was very horrified. It was, they were interrogating this Muslim family because I guess the father was, uh, you know, there's a stereotype when Muslim fathers don't have a lot of money, they're going to, for whatever reason they're gonna go you know make weapons deals with al-qaeda like which makes absolutely no sense like why the hell would you like you know what i mean like it makes sense yeah. to be a, like a weed dealer sure but you know what i mean like al-qaeda weapons dealing it makes no sense but anyway he gets caught weapons dealing for, for al-qaeda and then samuel L. jackson's character uh, beats him and and then he he just kills his muslim wife for for no reason um simply because they simply because he wasn't giving the answers that He wanted like, you know through interrogation So he was like give me the answer Samuel Jackson being Samuel Jackson The Muslim father was like I know and then he kills the Muslim woman which is traumatizing because the US government has an ugly history of of Murdering Muslim women like Afia Siddiqui is an example. Um, You know, you can go on long and long We can talk about it later on the episode I don't want to talk too much, but uh, the American government has an ugly history of this and then finally American sniper I really do not like that movie. Uh, You know, I don't want to swear on the podcast I want to be respectful, but I really I really do not like that movie. I have no respect for that movie military propaganda movies as it is, you know, like, and I'm sure you guys can attest to it, military propaganda movies is already disgusting and, you know, dehumanizes all of our people as it is. But then to show Chris Kyle as a hero, like he's like going to shoot like a Syrian kid in the head while he's praying namaz, like while he's, you know, doing Muslim activities and he's completely defenseless. And the movie framed it to where, you know, Chris Kyle's crying. There's a, there's a tear coming down his face while he's shooting the kid as if we're supposed to feel bad for him and not the family and the, muslim people that are getting murdered because america wants more oil you know what i mean like that movie mm-hmm. was discussing it completely dehumanized our people just so we can feel bad for some idiot trucker in in the middle of texas like you know what i mean like right. th- those are just some examples that i can just right. name off the top of my head that seriously you you can tell like muslim lives are disposable you know and and i'm yeah. sure I, like we're, we're not the only one like we're all you know brethren here
1: we can all relate to that but those are definitely some roles that that I can think off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. I I I know for like Native people and Indigenous people, you know, a lot of the times when it comes to our representation in media, you know, it's it's always something like you know we're always either the wild, you know, savage, you know, not smart, we don't, you know, know English or whatever, you know, they, we talk like this, you know, things like that. Um, it's always or it's like a like a miss like a like a some like creature like we're magic like we have some type of crazy magic that turns us into an animal or whatever you know Uh, for us that's a lot of a lot of times it's like back then I mean they didn't even have they didn't even allow natives play to play natives you know they had Italian people that played a lot of native people so I didn't um
2: either, right?
1: yeah back then they didn't most like if I think there's like a few different actors back then that played like played as natives and they they were Italian they weren't they didn't allow really natives to be even play the roles it's like we're not good enough for our own roles or something I don't know but um I know for me the the like the embarrassing stuff well I guess it's not I mean I don't know I feel like I'm very secure in who I am I grew up in my culture and like know where I come from and you know live you know it with my culture every day. So I think for me, a lot of stuff doesn't really get to me in that way, but it's it's like annoying kind of more so than it is like where I'm like, Oh wow, I feel so bad. You know, like it's like like anything to do with any type of like, you know, Squanto or Pocahontas or Indian in the cupboard or I mean I forgot I, about that. Yeah, like there's a lot of dumb things out there. Or like even like the movie, what is it called? Rango with the little lizard, like the, the crow is yeah. like the Indian, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like things like that it's like, it's like like okay cool you know i guess that's that's what they see us as. But um, yeah, that's my thing. Or even, I mean, low key, like in high school, all my friends, like we did like the Twilight series, but like I remember watching that. Well, one reason too, why like a lot of our people were really kind of excited for the Twilight series because one of the actors is actually from my hometown who played um, Sam, the Wolfpack leader. So that guy is actually from my hometown. So that's why everyone was like, woo, cool, you know? So it's cool to, that was cool to see. But also even that, like you know, we don't obviously turn into animals, or we don't like chase vampires anywhere, or you know things <laughs> like that. So, and we don't just run around with our you know shirtless and our hair all long because most Native guys do not even look like all the ones that they portrayed in that movie. Not not a, not all of us are buff and skinny and six packed out. You know, like that's not even that's not real. i <laughs> like, you come to my hometown, I'm like, that's not real. But but yeah, that's kind of more so for, like when I grew up seeing the representation for me and. Anyways, and and it's yeah. and that's only few you know it's not a lot so especially yeah. with pocahontas pocahontas you know um the real the real story of pocahontas her name was i believe it's like mitoka or I, I, don't, I don't know i don't know the exact way to pronounce it but she was you know kidnapped john smith was like this old white creepy guy and he, she was like 12 or i mean you know like he kidnapped her and um that would be like considered like would be like like child abuse because she's a kid and he like was with her yeah. and so so yeah so that's the whole disney version of pocahontas is definitely like not not a good representation either. Nope. To, to, b- to bounce off of that, bro. Uh, like I remember when I was in elementary school, and
2: uh, you know, I guess uh, you know a lot of my perspective on why I was really hypercritical of the U.S. government was because the U.S. media treated me like trash growing up. So I had no motivation. I had no reason to really think George Washington was a hero, or Thomas Jefferson was a hero, or any right. of these Revolutionary War guys were heroes because. I, I already didn't have a, a pleasant experience being raised here. So, so I was a lot more critical. And, and you know, when I was, you know, like a lot of people over here, they were, all would always say, oh, well, Pakistani or Indian history and Arab history is a bunch of terrorists. I was like, okay, I'll show you. I'm sure your history has some blood in it. You guys don't talk about it, but I'm sure there is. and i got way a lot of information i was like "Uh uh-oh america is built on blood bro and and Mm -hmm. so that was kind of the the start of why i've been so critical of the u.s government why i care so much about human human rights but to piggyback off of that i remember i wrote in fourth grade miss dodd she's my social studies teacher cloverdale elementary and uh i we had to write about american heroes uh, and, and um, you know, she, she assigned me, uh, like, George Washington, and there, there was a, a, a battle at Lexington, I forget the exact name, but there was a battle at Lexington, where there were a lot of Native and Indigenous people who had sided with the British, because the British had offered them, like, uh, protection from the patriots, because a lot of people don't know how brutal the colon, the, the colonies really were to, to the Native Indian people, like, a lot of people thought that They were just chilling playing Fortnite. you know what i mean drinking tea with the natives and (laughs) everything is cool and they were treating them subhuman and so my paper and i got in a lot of trouble for this my paper i argued that the colonists were not heroes and that george washington was not somebody to be revered because they treated the people who were living there like trash they treated them disposably they treated them as slaves and and when the slaves died they went to Africa and, and got more slaves instead of actually doing the work yourself, you know what I mean? Like, right. So I, when I wrote that and I said that you know, a lot of these heroes, like, like I, I argued, like if, if George Washington was such a big effing hero, then why was the three-fifths compromise in there? Like, like, mm-hmm. like if, 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 you know, if, if Thomas Jefferson mm-hmm. was such a great hero that believed in life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness of all people, then why was he going around taking advantage of slaves? And i got in trouble for using the word rape in my essay because they were like you're you know you're you're nine years old you shouldn't say that and i even got in more trouble by my parents because they had an attitude of like you know the u.s government is already kind of critical on us like surveillance on pakistanis and muslims is a real thing and so they were like why would you bring any more negative attention on us like we all agree like screw george washington screw the colonies we all agree but we're trying to stay in america I do not want to get deported to Pakistan, so so no. shut your mouth. So that was a lot of the attitude I had growing up. It's when you acknowledge history, unfortunately, because of where I'm from, my folks had a, had an attitude of just keep your head down, we cannot afford to be deported. And uh, yeah. American, a lot of like the Western culture here, and a lot of the, the white folk here, we're like how dare you say this about us and go back to your own country and you know it's like you can't win right? we
0: we've actually talked about that with Daniel before how the dominant culture rewrites history and specifically talking about even indigenous communities I, we laugh with Daniel because he's Nes and when I was in fourth grade we got to Idaho history and so I was like, oh yeah Daniel, um, I actually played <laughs> Chief Joseph in a play and uh, it, <laughs> we laugh about that because Chief Joseph is a big deal for the Nespers and he's actually on their logo so they use his picture as a representation for the mm-hmm. tribe. But you know the things that we were taught were nat- the Native Americans here wanted to help us. They gave us their, their property they gave us the food you know they wanted to be good good uh, partners and neighbors and there's they but we totally skipped the part where uh genocide happened and where people were pushed out of their uh native lands and you know all the other stuff that comes with with history but but that's the thing unfortunately the dominant culture will always rewrite history so it paints them in a better light and and unfortunately the other thing that we talked about too was when you do start to bring up those those points, when you do start to make sense about this is what history actually was, then, then the conversation is if you don't like it, leave. And how sad is that, that when you're voicing injustices, that when you're voicing the issues, and when you're talking about how our communities have faced hardship and now have historical trauma to deal with, that instead of saying, "Let me be a partner and let's make it better for future generations," the conversation stops at, "If you don't like it, leave." right? That sucks. And that is, that is like the easy way out, right? It sucks. So what I wanted to touch on is specifically for the Latino community, I'm always I'm always annoyed by the fact that, and I'm not I, I can think of many movies, but typically the the way that Latinos are painted are as the cartel folks. You know, the drug dealers, the uh, criminals, the ex-convicts. Think of any movie with action and think of who the antagonist is. If it's a Latino, that's that's who it's going to be. And the reason for why that has been problematic, um, and especially recently now when we had the last president and the rhetoric, he was spewing out about Latino communities, specifically Mexicans, and who they sent to this country and the type of people that they are. Um, we also started to see... Uh, like an uptick in the way that non-Latino folks um, communicated with our communities. For example, I had an aunt come and visit. I shared this in one of the other episodes, but I had an aunt who came to visit. We have a I have a grandma who's a little bit older. We would like to bring her up at least once a year she, uh, because she's a little bit older. It's difficult for her to travel, so we you know also have my aunt come up to help her as she's traveling up. And so we were having such a great summer, just spending time, being a, a family, you know, doing a lot of events together. One particular day, my brother took my aunt my grandma, his wife, and her kid to go have breakfast. And while my, um, while my aunt and my sister-in-law were in the bathroom, they were speaking in Spanish. So they were, you know, using the restroom and just kind of having a conversation. Um, when my aunt walked out to wash her hand, two non-Latino ladies walked in. Um, and so non-BIPOC ladies is how I would describe them. And uh, they, one of the ladies started to yell at my aunt to say, this is my country. If you're going to be here, you need to be speaking English. Um, you know, that narrative, and we've heard that before. You've seen that on like social media too, when these ladies get recorded or these men. Um, and so my my sister-in-law heard it, she's running out of the stall to go yell at that lady and give it to her. Um, but my aunt was just like caught off guard, right? She doesn't speak English because she's visiting, and she didn't understand why someone was just yelling at her like that. Um, and that's gonna be the experience she takes back to Mexico now about the people here, which sucks. Uh, but also when my brother found out right they looked for these ladies and they had run out of the restaurant so what cowards first of all right Right. that they were able to to voice their opinion about what language you need to be speaking even though this conversation doesn't concern you lady and also it's none of your fucking business like what language we decide to talk if we're multilingual we're going to talk whatever language we want but the the other piece there was what a coward right if you had the nerve to say that to my aunt why couldn't you have stuck around right for us to have a conversation about that. Right. Um, And so when they left the restaurant, my brother happened to drive. They saw the lady sitting in the car. My brother drove up to them, uh, put his window down, looked at them and just said, what? And they looked down and wouldn't look at him. Um, So, again, that's very coward move. We're not trying to intimidate these ladies. But thinking about these ladies probably don't interact with people from our communities. One, what kind of message are they getting and from where? about Latino folks, right? Why would they say that? Um, Probably the media. And what is it that they're getting from the media about my, you know, Latinos? Probably that we are bad people. Probably all the negative stereotypes in their head about the type of people that we are according to their views. And maybe that's why they felt inclined to have this kind of conversation or this outburst. Um, And it sucks. It really does suck. The other thing I wanted to touch on is um, there's this stereotype too about like accents for Latinos and I've actually talked to people before who have said uh bro why don't why don't people who move here that are Spanish speaking um like want to learn English right and um that's that's narrow-minded thinking for me um because, you know, folks will learn here in the U.S. very, a lot, actually, yeah, a very small percentage of the friends that I know that are native English speakers and have lived here their whole lives can speak another language. Um, So that's one. And two, the other thing is like, why would you assume that someone who's not an English, a native English speaker, that they can't understand anything that you're saying? I'm thinking about my parents, right? So they lived here a majority of their lives. My dad's a citizen and my mom's a permanent resident. And so they're not fluent English speakers and they will speak English that's a little bit choppy but you know they're trying when you're older and when you're only focused on working you don't have a lot of extra time to devote to developing a second language, right? Um, but what's concerning to me about all of that is it's it's a double-edged sword. So people are saying, you don't speak, you can't speak English or you don't. But, um, so you're looked down on, on for that. The other piece is, if you do try to speak English, then you're made fun of for it. And I'm thinking about, I love Modern Family. It was a really funny show. But the running gag and joke was always that Sofia Vergara, her accent was thick, that they couldn't understand her, right? And frequently that was a gag in a lot of the episodes. What did she say? Um, oh, we didn't understand her. Ha, 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 right? And, so it, and it was funny. I, I can agree. I you know, I laughed about it. But at the same time, that that is hurtful. For people that aren't of our communities, I got it, so it was funny to me. Like, I navigate situations like that where, yeah, I didn't get it. But for people that don't have Latino family members or friends and are listening to that, right, then it becomes problematic because they're probably internalizing one, that we're not smart enough, that we... Uh, you know there's a lot of things and so that that's concerning to me for 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 those reasons um and I'm sure as as you two have shared you both speak different languages those are probably other like common themes for folks in your communities too I I can only assume I don't know for a fact but um it it definitely gets interesting
2: I mean um like so it's how, how do I describe it so, in a lot of areas in Pakistan, English is uh, taught more than Urdu, or Punjabi, or Sindh. And the reason why is because when the British came in, they destroyed everything. So, that that is why, and I'm truly not trying to make fun of any, like, Christians in India, but this is why you have Christians in India named David and John, when we know damn well they do not look like David and John. They should be Amitabh, or they should be, you know, Bachchan, or, you know you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. there's a reason why you have Western names in India. It's because they came in and they destroyed everything and then when the british said we already have to deal with palestine and israel that's already an issue we don't want to deal with pakistan and india you guys deal with it and so then the borders were created even more so so a lot of it was out of the british laziness i say that to say when it comes to with our languages there was a lot of self-hate and so you know people who looked more stereotypical uh you know south asian so like darker darker skinned uh very heavy, dense beards, um, you know, uh, smelling strongly of food, which is a very disgusting stereotype. Like, a lot of people, you know, say, oh, he smells like Tarka. And I'm like, yeah, well, our food is fucking great. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like you, 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 you would kill to be able to cook as good as us. You know what I'm saying? Like, do not insult us, bro. But, um, you know, when you when you have a lot of those attitudes, you start to realize in order to play the game, you have to be smart. And unfortunately, in this world, it may not be in your best interest to be cultured. So you might as well be as close to white people as possible. And so Mm -hmm. that's why you have a lot of areas that teach English over Urdu, over Sindh, over Punjabi or over Hindi, whatever, because there is that self hate. And so you have areas even in Abu Dhabi and I'm not Arabic, but you know, like, so my Arabic friends say like in Abu Dhabi, you know, they, they speak uh, English over Arabic and they're full Arab citizens. And it's because of that internalized uh, attitude of, you know, wanting to, you know, be as, as Western as possible because that is a successful way, right? Like, you, we mm-hmm. look at the stereotypical nuclear family, we look at, you know, the 9 to 5, and we look at all of these, uh, you know, these definitions of success that have been given to us by, like, the, the you know, white, white supremacy... And so then, because a lot of our cultures have been affected so deeply by it, we start to believe in it, because we see yep. us being successful for them, mm-hmm. and so we want to do that here. And so th- there's a lot of that, a lot of our culture, a lot of our language. To be clear, has not been destroyed to the level of a lot of indigenous folk, to the level of a lot of like African black folk. Um, but it, it has. It there is a bit of stigma of of our own culture, of our own language, and. And, it, and it's sad, man, like it, it's, it's like when, when my mom and dad came to America, you know, my, 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 a lot of my peers or my friends would make fun of my mom's accent because she couldn't speak English. My dad could mm-hmm. speak English because that's how he got a job here. He was an IT uh, worker in Pakistan, worked over, you know, uh, remotely with other countries and then he got the opportunity to move to Kansas. And so uh, that, that's how we got here. But my mom didn't know any English. And in Virginia, where I was raised most of my life, Anytime she would pick me up from school or I remember there would be a parent lunch day where you have your parents come to lunch and you could pick a friend to eat lunch with you guys or whatever. Um, a lot of them will make fun of my mom's accent, bro. Uh, a lot of them would, you know, say, you know, like, uh, I can't understand her. You know, oh, is she telling you how to make a bomb or oh, it's oh a countdown gosh. to a bomb. You know, oh like, like a lot, Jeez, a, a lot of that, bro. A lot of that. <sighs> and at first you get mad. But then you can get defeated, and I feel like that's worse, because yeah. you run out of gas to keep saying stuff. Yeah. and then you feel like you're letting your family down. Yeah, you know it's deep, bro. it's deep. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. yeah
0: that's I'm, I'm sitting, definitely. I'm sitting with that because I'm like, I know, I'm like, me. that's. I'm thinking about my mom, I and know, I'm like, like, fuck, if anyone, you know.
1: Yeah, especially I feel like too, you know, I think we could all go to war for our moms. You know, I know for mine, for example, like I my mom for me is like my soft spot. You know, I would flip a table for her if someone ever disrespected her, you know, I'd be the one that'd be Yeah, that's 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 a lot to that's definitely a lot to take in, especially as a kid, you know? Like yeah. And then yeah. you have and then you have the
2: culture attitude too, right? Where a lot of our South Asian culture is really deferential to authority. So there a lot of our older generation has the attitude of racism and bigotry and being physically assaulted. Like, bro, I've gotten beat up bad for being a Muslim. You know what I'm saying? For being a Pakistani, for, for not being white. I've gotten beat up pretty bad about it and and um, you know a lot of my parents had the attitude of you don't fight back because this is the price you pay for being in America because if you don't pay the price for racism and bigotry then we're forced to go back to Pakistan where we don't have the resources we don't have the water we don't have the power we don't have the healthcare access so their attitude is you know we'll deal with racism and bigotry at least we get to pay groceries at least we get to have a roof over our head we'll deal with that and so a lot of them have a hard time or relating to me because I'll be mad. Like, bro, mm-hmm. I remember one time, like, you know, like, like somebody, like, I got beat up. My glasses were broken. Um, you know, like, I, I was a bit overweight at the time, so they they made a lot of disgusting comments regarding, like, like man boobs and things of that nature. And I was mad. Like, I was like, bro, like, I want to beat them up. Like, I'm tired of getting picked on, bullied all the time. And mm-hmm. I would get mad at my mom and dad. I'd be like, why are you saying something? Like, why don't you care? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd get really mad. And they just kind of look at me and they say, This is America. Like, we we get a car here. We we get yeah. we get internet here that doesn't go out we get vaccines where you don't get sick you don't get we don't have to worry about mosquitoes and and they're like this is the price we pay nothing in life is free so for you to fight back and it's just going to cause more problems for us and we might have to go back so you have to take it this is the price you pay and so it was like i said a situation where you you can't win
0: yeah i think my my parents also have a similar mindset as immigrants about it could be worse you know we got to be thankful for what we do have um i know growing up and Anytime we saw law enforcement, uh, we were always told just keep your head down and, you know, don't don't get in trouble. Don't uh, basically just be like present, but be invisible if you can. Um, but what's different for maybe people like, like us is we get to grow up in this culture. This is all we know. So we realize that there's, you know, there should be better opportunities for us. There should be different circumstances for us that we have the ability to ask for the respect Um, and to take up space, right, and own it in a way that that everybody else gets it and has and so um, I know that that's been something that as I've been growing up and I get to experience new opportunities because of the sacrifices that my parents have made in um, coming to the U.S. uh, that I'm also whatever knowledge I'm getting whatever new thing I'm learning about I'm trying to pass it down to them but also to say like you can respect the same um, you know the same situation the same outcomes the same you're worthy of it all just like anybody else and just because right we weren't you weren't born here um maybe you're still learning about the culture like you can ask for it you can ask for it and you should get it because we all should be respected and we should all get these Mm -hmm. same opportunities just like anybody else Um, and that's that's always difficult but I, i guess from the cultural lens and i know a lot of my friends might not understand it because from the outside looking in i I don't think you can explain it but from the inside looking out right as part of the members of these communities i understand why my parents are saying don't stick out don't make waves don't get in trouble um because we can we can get it worse or we can lose what we have and that that to me makes sense i guess i can understand that from from a lens of it wasn't the best where we were at and now we have more opportunities here, let's not lose that because it could be worse. I guess I understand that, but but also it sucks that th- that's where we're stuck, right? It sucks. So how do we change that?
2: How, how do we, how do we, and, and I don't know the answer to that. It, it's such a multifaceted question, but how do we change that? How, how do we, how do we change the media representation of how we're treated, how we're portrayed? And how do we also create meaningful change toward the older generation? is not fearful of us sticking up for ourselves at the same time we're not wasting our time and energy trying to just fight back against a machine that is doing nothing like like how do we change this yeah
0: so i know one of the things that daniel and i talked about before was how important representation is and that really does mean for the media right that we have people that look like us in those different roles and positions like being actors right because majority of the movies our actors tend to be our protagonists our heroes they tend to be white. Um, but having more people like us in those roles will make a difference. But not only actors, we need writers. We need people who understand our culture, that have lived in our communities, that understand the traditions, the history, um, and everything that embodies being someone of that community that a writer or someone outside would never ever be able to capture in their writing. That's big. Um, Producers, executives, people that are going to make the decisions to have more movies with people like us, right, and be intentional about casting people that are of our communities and not actors outside of it playing somebody of our communities because it's not the same. It's not the same. Um, but, you know, beyond that, also... Hiring us for our expertise when it comes time to representing or writing stories about our folks. You know, um, a lot of times we get movies, like, for example, there was the Yorona movie that was made. Um, and the Llor- Llorona oh, right. is a mythical is a mythical um, you know, supersti- when you're thinking about Latino superstitions, this is a big one that a lot of Latin American countries will even speak on. We had Natalia on the show, she's from El Salvador, and they they talk about La Llorona there also but um, La Llorona, right, is this myth about this lady who you know, for whatever reason, her lover her partner, her husband cheated on her, um, and because of the grieving she took her kids down to the river and did the unthinkable, and when she came to be right. She realized what she had done. Then she regretted. It. She was in despair. But her um, her curse or her punishment then is that she has to wander the earth right in agony, um, looking for children uh, that she will confuse as her own and then do the same thing. But these people, somebody in Hollywood decided to make the movie about this superstition, about this story that is well-known to folks in Latin America, uh, and they just didn't get it right, right? People were upset about this <laughs> film. It didn't really connect with or our culture. It was definitely a whitewashed version of this superstition for the U.S. or Western media, right? And that's, that's problematic for many reasons. So we need to have that representation piece where we have all these folks from our communities in all of those positions to be able to point out... Um, and talk about the good things about our communities, the real life stories and experiences, mm-hmm. our conflicts, our tribulations, right, our successes. And then when we touch on history, to accurately portray how it is that we contributed to them and not whitewash the history because that has been problematic for many different communities, right? And making sure that we cast the appropriate folks to the appropriate roles so that it is meaningful, so that it is accurate, so it's historically right and just, so it resonates with our communities. I think that would be a good place to start
2: do you think another way is also the type of stories that are told so like for example when i think uh when when i think of like uh you know a lot of indigenous films unfortunately i just think of the very racist films from the 70s and the 80s Mm -hmm. where it's like you know like a like a family is in the middle of the prairie and they show you know like the the natives i don't even want to refer to them but you know like as the s words and you know um you know throwing you know tomahawks or whatever and And it's just, it's constantly that same trope. And then I see, like, other movies try to flip that, you know, like, try to show, oh, like, the indigenous were right, which in history, yes, they were. But indigenous folk, Latino folk are more than just, like, the traumas of what have been, they have experienced in their life. Like, Mm -hmm. it's such a rich culture. It's such a rich history. I feel like Hollywood should take, like, the positive aspects and the positive occurrences in Indigenous and, and Latino history, stories that we have never seen before, it, you know, and, and, and show those stories. I feel like the constant, you know, buzzfeed, you know, kind of attitude of just picking on, you know, like, like you know, torture porn, honestly, uh, looking at, like, a uh, historical porn, honestly, and just kind of focusing on, the, you know, the, the traumas that Latino Indigenous folk face uh, rather than their greatest successes and their greatest leaders in their history i feel like Mm. i I feel like that is in a way a systematic way of of diminishing the impact and the importance that a lot of latino and indigenous folk have because they're always they're always shown in a negative light or they're always shown in an oppressed light and Mm. let's not get it twisted there were a lot of badasses Mm. and and you know in latino and indigenous you know history and 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 their and their their lives like we never hear about them we always see them as as being you know horrible individuals or oppressed individuals like like in black films every single black film is is a slavery film is a is a civil rights film but and and nothing else is ever encouraged even though you have black creators coming out saying we're tired of just black black exploitation films you know what i mean i feel like the same thing happens here
1: yeah yeah definitely and um so where do you you know, if there's anyone out there that's wanting to, like, you know, learn more about our, our communities or your communities, where do you think that they can find, you know, positive representation, you know, for our respected communities? Like, I know for me, I gave examples, you know, they could watch Reservation Dogs on Hulu or Rutherford Falls on the Peacock streaming service, or even I know Netflix just dropped one another. It's like an animation for a kid's show. It's like a kid's show called Spirit Rangers, but that's all, like, produced by a native, you know, I believe it's native writers and stuff like that. So. So there's a lot of um, you know 2022 has been a good year for native representation finally, but um, if there's anywhere where you could like kind of lead people that want to see positive representation for your your communities, where would you you know guide them to?
0: So I'm I'm pondering that question too, and right off the bat, I think one of the shows that I really enjoyed, Chickax, you like this too, Daniel. Um, was it One Day at a Time? Do you remember that show?
1: Oh yeah, On Netflix. Um,
0: on Netflix and I really like that show because it's they're highlighting uh is it a Puerto Rican family Puerto Rican American family uh um, Cuban 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 American family and they had a lot of real themes for just even the Latino the Latino experience uh even from the grandma right transitioning to live here in the U.S. um they had some serious topics on just mental health and depression um mm. bullying the daughter, um, identified as being lesbian. So Then they had some LGBTQ, um, you know, perspectives on the show. And I just felt like it, it, they did a really good job at capturing the Latino experience through the, um, intersectionality piece of the different identities also associated with it from being young to being old, um, being a divorcee to dating. Um, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of good, um, dimensions and components that were really thought of and in a really like digestible, funny, um, relatable way. And so I that's one of the shows right off the top of my head. I know that there's also been other shows that do highlight the Latino experience in a a good way, but there's also other problematic themes in them. Uh, So as I'm thinking about the shows that I like, I'm like, but I really recommend this one as the best representation. I'm like, in some episodes, yes, but overall, maybe (laughs) not the best um but that's one that i can think of right off the top of my head right now that i would say that's a good one to watch that is a that is a great um that is a great one i would say
2: i'd say for me um so it's kind of bleak there there isn't much uh i would say i would say miss marvel's uh, comic book run um oh. the, the show on disney plus is not bad at all it, it's enjoyable um i just think the, and it, it was really powerful to see like our culture and our music shown authentically like uh like we had big time Pakistani actors like fawad kham and mehwish hayat who are kamala's uh, grandma and grandpa on the show mm-hmm. um and i'm like yo i've been watching these guys like growing up on Pakistani mm-hmm. TV for for centuries, so or for not centuries, but felt like centuries. So, <laughs> oh, <Whoa. yeah. laughs> well, how yeah. old are you? Skin? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm Wolverine, guys. I'm Wolverine. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but no, but no. Like I've been watching these guys my whole life, so you know that mm-hmm. was cool to see. But I would say the I would say my biggest issue with the show is the fact that it was more uh more of like a National Geographic for Pakistan, and and I don't mean that in any disrespect. Mm-hmm. It's just I felt like a lot of the superhero element of the show weren't really there it was just like, it, I felt like the showrunners were like, we are going to make a show that is 100% Pakistani representative and, and Islamic representative, and also forgetting the fact that she's going to be an Avenger, she's going to be a superhero, we need superhero stuff in this show as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I, I say that that kind of ruins the cultural aspect of it, because in the comic books, you know, Kamala, her, she pretty much like, in case anybody isn't familiar with her powers, she can pretty much uh change her body size. So she can be really tiny, like an ant, or be really huge, like a skyscraper. And there's a lot of body dysmorphia themes in there. Like she feels like she's icky and gross because she's also a Muslim girl. And a lot of like white beauty norms do not apply to her. Right. Like, right. Like there are scenes where she's trying to like scrub her skin to make it lighter. And, like, so those deeper themes and the fact that she has to embrace her powers, embrace the fact that she's not flashy like Iron Man. She's not indestructible like Wolverine. She isn't as popular as Spider-Man, but she's her own person and she should be proud of her culture. Those are themes I felt like the comic book just did a little bit better because they were unafraid of tackling the the racism, the bigotry, the the sexism that a lot of our people face. Versus in the TV show, it was a lot it was more implied. Like, it was through dialogue, like, we all have our IDs, we are always frisked by the cops, and that's it. Or, you know, like, quoting, you know, quotes from the Quran talking about, you know, how terrorism isn't okay, and they're just kind of throwaway dialogue. A lot of, like, the deep, dark, introspective stuff that really makes you think about culture is thrown away in favor of, she's going to be an Avenger, check out this show. So, um, Mm -hmm. but I felt like the comic book is a fantastic uh, representation of Pakistani and, and Muslim culture. I would also um, encourage everybody to to watch this uh, movie. It's a Pakistani movie, so you can watch it. I think with subtitles. Uh, it's called Hudak Eliye, and I'll actually text you guys uh, the, the 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 title, so you'll be able to like see like what it looks like, so you can type it in Google. But it's a Pakistani-made film, and essentially, it covers the lives of three families. So a family that is, uh, you know, like a suburban family in Pakistan then there's a family that is uh in, in like the gutters of of terrorism and like afghanistan and then you have a pakistani american family in america and the movie shows how the war on terror and the media representation of the war on terror has destroyed all of these three families lives in very different yet very similar ways and so mm. that i think is a fantastic film to watch just so people understand just what our people go through um Because I feel like there's a very dangerous sentiment going around in America now where, you know, Islamophobia is a thing of the past. It doesn't exist anymore because Mm -hmm. you have clowns like Andrew Tate on the Internet shouting out Islam, shouting out South Asian culture and everybody in in my community. Because there's a lot of toxic masculinity. There's a lot of homophobia. There's a lot of sexism Mm -hmm. in our community. They champion this guy. Because they're like hes you know like he's making it cool to be a strict Muslim. He's making it cool to be you know proud of our culture. and it's like, bro, he's just a sexist individual as it is. And he's going around looking for cultures that'll validate it and he takes the worst part of our culture. And that's why I hate it when Brown boys champion Andrew Tate because it's like he is reducing our culture to one of hatred when there's so much more that, that our people can offer right? When you have like brown boys saying, yeah, women should stay in the kitchen. Yeah. Like, you know, F gay people. I hate gay people. You know, disgusting messages like that. Yes. Mm -hmm. My culture says that. That is also me saying that that is a part of my culture that needs to change. That is not something I want staying there. You know what I mean? But, you know, a lot of that negative representation is, is what you see currently with like with Andrew Tate. And, because Andrew Tate shouts out the negative aspects of our culture so much, a lot of people, especially on the right, now are buddy-buddy with a lot of Muslims. Like Tuckerson, uh, Carlson Tucker hated Muslim 15 years ago. Now it's cool to be sexist. Now it's cool to be a bigot. So he takes the absolute negative people of our culture, of our community that we don't even claim and bringing them on to say, yeah, we, we rock with Muslims now. And it's like, bro, we are not ignorant people. Like, nothing has changed. We went from terrorists blowing up, Allahu Akbar, bag-blowing people, to now idiots who, who command their wife and, and beat their wife and say, stay in the kitchen or don't paint your nails. Like, nothing has changed. You still have white people telling us who we can beat. And that, yeah. that's what George Bush did. And that's what Andrew Tate does. And we're still a victim of it. And it's very frustrating. So to get out of that, definitely read Miss Marvel. Definitely uh, look at Chodakili. it's a great film. And, and also just um, on on social media, there there's a sheikh, uh, a Mufti Menk. Uh, he's an Islamic sheikh. But a lot of his commentary is just on social justice in general. And he got into a bit of a hot water because he refused to say that gay people go to hell as a Muslim imam. And that's like a big like, whoa. Now, to be clear. I don't want to give a a negative, you know, I I don't want to give an inadequate uh, representation. He does say that, you know, if you if you if you are gay, you go to hellfire. But his attitude is, you know, oh, like, you know, it's 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 not ours to judge, which is still a fucking harmful, horrible thing to say. But I I encourage people to, to 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 those who don't know our culture and who can, you know, not worship this guy but just look at some of the stuff that he says that isn't hatred and ignorant based check him out on instagram because he he talks a lot about how intersectionality and and how how different cultures around the world have been oppressed by by white white suppression which you would think if that's the case he would also acknowledge homophobia but he doesn't that's a whole other topic
0: well and really quick before we jump into uh, our brown noises segment um thank you for the conversations you've been uh yeah, vulnerable and having because it's It's a lot. And I also wanted to point out to our listeners that are not of our communities that the point of our conversations today aren't to make you feel bad about yourself or your identity, but to take note of some of the current and pressing issues that are affecting our communities and to think about ways that you can help us um, in navigating conversations around these topics and also being a good community member, being a good ally. So. Thank you both again for for sharing your thoughts, uh, for having this conversation. Um, and I think it's a good way to wrap up and jump into our brown noises segment. Daniel.
1: All right. So today, you know, um, today was. It was a good a good convo. Um, some of the things were, you know, I you know I had no idea too, so I learned a lot from you too, and so I appreciate your time, and appreciate your you know your perspective and your experience, and so I think one thing that we wanted to talk about today to learn to teach. Our listeners and and you both, um, you know, we talked about, you know, experiences being bullied, getting bullied growing up and stuff. And I think for the youth, I mean, I don't know if youth really listen to us or not. I don't know. But for the youth, if they do listen, you know, we do want to let especially our our brown and and black youth out there. You know, you are special. You know, our cultures are special. And, you know, you matter. So I'm going to teach you both how to say you are special in Nimiputent, the Nespris language. So how to say you are special is awas- Hatao, alas, hatao, alas, alas, hatao, 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 yeah, like alas, hatao, alas, alas, hatao, awesome, hatao, hatao. Are we still you're
0: saying like it? it? I mean, it's like
1: how you're like you're like how I'm here like how. But yeah, alas, hatao, hatao, okay, hatao,
2: hatao. Yeah. Let, let me see. Let me see if I can. Could... Let me see if I can get it, because I want to get this down, man. Uh I was a Ataho. Yeah. All right. Yep, yep. Damn,
0: yeah. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I will share in Espanol, and Spanish, how to say you are special. So you would say, tú eres especial. Tú eres especial. Tú eres
2: especial. Tú eres especial. Yeah. This, you, yeah. Oy, I could tell that you have Yeah. This, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, bro. It's uh high school Spanish. I never I never uh you know I never forgot it and then you know i've taken a few trips down to uh miami and ocean drive Ooh, and you know, miami and, and, you, know, yeah, you know yeah you know so yeah mm-hmm. so you know i you know i i have i have some i have some uh, amigas you know down there who, who oh, taught ta- ta- me taught ta- me well so <laughs> i'm just Ooh. i'm a committed <laughs> man now though i'm a committed man are you going <laughs> to the
0: carne or what <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: If, if
1: I speak anymore, I'll be in trouble. So you know, <laughs> but, you know. And, hey, like Pitbull, like like Pitbull says, whatever happens in Miami never happens. So. Yeah, whatever happens in Miami never happened. I agree. And
2: <laughs> he, also, <laughs> <he's moving along. laughs> yeah.
1: he also
0: says, moving along. says, "¿Tú sabes?"
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah ¿Tú sabes, man? Tu yep. sabes, yeah. uh, I would say, and and Urdu, man. Okay, so ha, okay, when you when you mean you are special, do you mean in like a like a an, an uplifting way because words mean different things in order to depending on how they're used. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, it's sort of similar with, so like, so you are special would be also like you are loved or you are valued, you are important. That's kind of how we have, in our language too, it's like, it's the way you say it would be in a way like you are because you could also say like when you say hetero it could be special or it could also be loved too so it's like you are loved you are special you're valued you're
2: yeah yeah see urdu urdu is kind of boring because a lot of our culture is is very it's it's hard to it's hard for a lot of especially our men to express their emotion Mm. so when they when they say you're special they're not they say quite bluntly like uh you know like i love you instead like you know mm. like it's it's hard for it's hard for like especially mothers too to to say oh you're special you're my baby you're the world instead their version of love is did you eat dinner yeah mm. okay that's like you know that's their version yeah. of so, so so i would say i would say the the closest way would be like um um uh you know uh, and, and that quite literally that means keep winning like keep winning, okay. keep being successful. Um, so I'll break it down for you. Uh, Jite, 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 Raho, Raho, raho. yeah, Jite Raho, keep winning. That that's because you're because you're special to you keep winning. Yeah, Jite Raho,
1: Raho, yeah, exactly. Cool. There you go. Got
2: Got it. You got it. Jitero. Cool. Jitero, that's what I'm talking about, bro. <laughs>
1: and that's that's also that's a good that's a good thing to say too because you know we gotta we gotta do keep winning keep winning yeah, i love that
0: that's appreciate all right keep winning i'm gonna put that in the notes so i don't forget uh, <laughs> all right so now's uh now's the time for one of our funnest segments um and Dan, this is going to be your first time doing our shades of brown shady question segment so here's how it goes we will ask three questions all of us have to answer two You can skip one if you would like, uh, but highly encouraged to answer all three. Uh, The other thing is, uh, you know, it's all fun and games. We had a serious topic today to digest. This is a way to wrap up with a, you know, funny, feel good, laughing uh, segment. So the three questions we have, and these were all randomized from the Internet. So thank our good friend, the Internet, for these questions. Uh, First question is, (laughs) what community overhypes their identity in your opinion? And this is, again, all fun and games. Uh, <laughs> what is the funniest experience you've had with your non-BIPOC friends? Um, and share the oh, most embarrassing <laughs> song slash TV series slash movie you've re- recently listened to or watched. So share a song, okay. a TV series, or a movie mm. you recently listened to that's embarrassing um, to watch. Okay. So who wants to go first? Your uh, mm-hmm. maybe our guest?
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll let our guest go. Okay, what was the first question again?
0: What community overhypes their identity, in your opinion?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would say, I, and this is all love and games, but I would say yeah. I would say the Arab community. I would say the Arab community because, uh, and, and a lot of like Muslim culture, right? Because like Islam started in Arabia. Right, my ancestors are Hindu, so you know the the uh, you know a lot of the Arabians when they came to India, which is now modern Pakistan, a lot of my ancestors converted. So even though it's the same culture, my genetics are not Arabic at all. So there is a lot of like Arabs in in the Muslim world who feel superior. They're like, oh, like Islam came from us. Like the Prophet is is Arabic. He's not you know you know uh, South Asian or whatever. And that can always get really annoying because because it's like bro like. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that serious, bro. It's not that serious, yeah, okay. I promise you. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, so i definitely see the Arab community for sure.
0: Okay. And then what is the funniest cultural experience you've had with your non-BIPOC friends?
2: Uh anytime uh you know, anytime it was homecoming, anytime it was like prom season, because dating In the muslim world and in south asian communities a massive no-no you do not do that like it's haram which is sinful like you you know you're supposed to just stick in your room study be a doctor and then one day you hit 30 and then your parents are going to be like hey there's a girl you want to get married you know (laughs) so that's how it works so anytime it was like anytime it was like prom or homecoming season i would always like beg my friends like be like yo like i want to ask this girl out and you guys have to cover for me when you come over you know, my parents are gonna ask you, "Hey, so you know, does he talk to any girls?" It, it, it's a trap. Do not answer that question. Say no. Say I get. Say I get no girls. Like, like, please do not tell them I get like girls or anything because I am going to get grounded. So that was always funny. And my friends would always be like, "He wants us. He wants us to say he gets no bitches." Okay, all right. Like, like, so, so that was always funny.
0: And then the last. Question is: Can you share an embarrassing song, TV series, uh, or movie that you've recently listened to or watched? You guys promise not to kill me.
2: <laughs> Do it. Six nine. Do it. Six nine. Oh. Uh, uh, six oh. nine. Toddy, Yeah. Uh, I don't know because okay, to be clear, he's he's a total clown. He's not about that life. He's also <laughs> a, a a a pervert and everything, hundred percent. But if there's just something so stupid about his lyrics that i just can't help but gravitate from like his lyrics are literally licky on my blicky uh make a movie with me uh trippy on my freaky uh like it's just so stupid that where i'm like this is this is catchy like i don't know i don't know i
1: don't know <laughs> that's funny <laughs> <laughs> takashi the- <laughs> huh
0: well okay hey, okay know. i see you i do not have a poster yeah is that a poster no, yeah. <laughs> yeah no no <laughs> no no, no.
1: No, not judgment. Uh, no judgment, no judgment. Uh, with
2: Takashi Six Nine, it's just stupid music, and sometimes because it's catchy always... though, yeah, sometimes it is it's catchy. catchy. So it, is, it yeah. is catchy, but it's stupid. My brain cells, <laughs> sometimes I don't want to think. Sometimes
1: I just want to be stupid, and when that's the case, I listen to Six Nine. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, I guess I'll go next. So what? community overhypes our identity, in my opinion. Um, you know what? I. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I have any um, Yakima listeners, but Yakima is a tribe from up here as well as, you know, in the, in the northwest where I'm from. Yakima is actually one of our, you know, uh, like our cousin tribes. You know, we have a lot of similarities in, in language and culture and things like that. But there's always this little rivalry between there's like the Yakimas, like they're all very... Um, kind of big headed and they probably say the same thing about nimipu people too because nimipu people we are very proud and we're very we could probably be a little cocky too so i might just have to say the yakma people but still much love much love to the yakmas <laughs> but i might just had to say uh yeah and what's the funniest culture culture cultural experience that i've shared with a non-bipoc amigo um i would say one time in uh we had like a potluck style lunch and um one of our friends she is um, non you know, a person of color, but she's, she's, she means well, she's really nice, but she brought us mashed potatoes with almonds on them. And I was like, I ain't never seen that before. So, um but the potatoes were good you know so I give it was good I just never seen almonds on mashed potatoes and so that, uh, that's probably like the, a, like a culture shock to me maybe <laughs> um, and the most embarrassing song or TV series or movie that I recently listened to or watched um, like I've mentioned before I think in season 1 or season 2 I, I love like trashy reality TV I don't know why like I just can get sucked into watching reality TV mm-hmm. and um, I think one of the most embarrassing shows i mean it's, a, it's a entertaining too but um i'd probably say the housewives of salt lake city like they're back again this season three i'm like already glued in my sister and i like will sit there and watch it and i'm like oh my gosh these women are crazy but i can't like not watch it because they're so it's so entertaining so yeah probably that. and i just want to go to salt lake now like i don't like there's like nothing there cool but like i would definitely go check it out now because i see it all yeah. the time on tv and it looks cool so
0: <laughs>
1: shout out to them if they ever listen, who knows?
0: Dang, dang <laughs> you're gonna have to become a real house husband of Lapway. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> I get be crazy, and you know, well, you've seen me in action
0: sometimes, it could be a little crazy, I have, I you have know? Seen it. yeah, yeah, in a good way, yeah. You always got <laughs> your friends, back. Yeah. yeah. All right, so I'll share uh, what community over hypes their identity in your opinion. So, this is gonna be funny, but um, <laughs> identity, I would think of the states in Mexico, so I don't know for y'all but um whatever state you're from in mexico they'll do like shout outs at like bailes at dances or like cultural events so the dj will be like and donde están los de michoacan so where are the people from michoacan and the crowd will like cheer you know and my family's from michoacan michoacan there's a lot of people out here in the area that are also from there so i always see that but um my friend Junior, his uh, his family's from Durango, and that mother, uh, you know, that guy will always be repping Durango <laughs> all the time. And I'm like, what's even cool about there? Like you, <laughs> you know, like, um, dang. So I, I mean, I'm just calling it out right now. How I see it. Um, the other thing is, anyone mm-hmm. from the East Coast, I feel like, have you ever like? to people from the east coast they're like so south yeah centered. not to generalize it a little bit but kind of like some right. of my friends that are from over there it's like you're from new jersey cool like oh, new york <laughs> in new york right yeah. people from so i'm gonna get in trouble or even that. like i'm pretty sure <laughs> But Florida, anyone from Florida, always like you guys are always in the news no. and not for good things. Like you know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Or so people being from a hater, the Bay but... Area.
0: Oh, people, oh, bro. Oh, bro. <laughs>
1: One of her friends is from the Bay Area, and she's like, She does, she doesn't let us forget it, you know. I'm like, Okay, (laughs) she's always going (laughs) hyphy and yeah, calm down, (laughs) K40. Boo boo bear area because I'm from Cleveland, bro. I'm from Cleveland, so I hate the Warriors.
2: I hate uh, hate Trayvon Green. I hate <laughs> Steph Curry. I hate those guys. Go LeBron James. Like I hate those guys. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, Bro, a- like there ever... were so many years. <laughs> there were so many years in 2015 to, all the way up to 2018, 2017, 2018. And every person on Instagram, you know, they would just keep DMing me because I was really big on, like, I hate the Warriors because, bro, we would have won multiple rings. We would have won multiple rings if Kevin Durant didn't join up with the Warriors. I promise you, bro. Like, we would have won multiple rings. But because of the stupid Bay Area, or what do they call it? The gay area, whatever it is. I hate the Bay Area. I will never step foot in the Bay Area. I want nothing to do with the Bay Area.
0: Dang! I'd I'd also like... <laughs> to amend my answer to say anybody from Cleveland. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I was just kidding. This funny. Kidding. So, uh, what what is the funniest cultural experience you've had with your non bipoc friends? So I'm a TMI a little bit, but I was at my oh white my one of my white friends. I went over to the house. Their family was cooking dinner. And this wasn't because of the culturally specific thing, but I used their bathroom and it got plugged. (laughs) So then I uh, didn't have a plunger and I'm like, I wonder if they're going to think it's because I'm Latino that I did. Or you know what I mean? Like, so... Um, I, in my head, I was like, holy crap. So I had to text my friend and we got it taken care of, but I thought my friend was just going to keep it hush hush. And when I walked out, everybody's like, oh, so you plugged the toys, so, you know, then I had to navigate that. Like I got teased a little bit, but that was one of the times. Um, and then and I, we always joke about it with her and we brought it up in the podcast a couple of times, but my good friend, Sierra, Hadn't ever eaten pozole, which is a hominy soup with chicken. Um, It's green pozole. It's, you know, delicious food. She had never had it before, and I made it a little spicy. And uh, she ended up putting sour cream in it. Um, And we don't do that. (laughs) So I remember... Uh, the rest of our friends that knew the food and had eaten it before looked licked at her and we all looked at each other and kind of smirked. And then her sister was like, uh, Sierra, what did you do? And she was like, well, I don't know. I thought I, you know, so it was like a funny little situation. She should definitely not be embarrassed by it. I know we've teased a lot, but. It was just a really funny, um, you know, cultural experience that I just remember with one of my non-BIPOC <laughs> friends. Um, and then, share the most embarrassing song TV series movie you've listened to. Uh, okay, don't judge. I know you're going to judge. I watched uh, The Kardashians had a new show on Hulu. <laughs> and, uh, your boy... Uh, your you boy really do the love The Kardashians. And, uh, you know, I don't... It's not that good for them they have their hustle there's obviously some problematic things there with like appropriating black culture uh and then the responsibility to like you know talking about beauty standards and all that kind of stuff i get it i get it but uh it's also kind of like like a train wreck or you know like it happens and you can't help but look away uh, that's i think the allure a little bit You're so like, i'll fess up yeah. to yeah watching problematic tv yeah. for sure you know we Mindless yeah. All right, everybody. So let's go ahead and wrap up the episode. Um, and so I just wanted to thank you again for coming on and being here with us today. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for sharing about mm-hmm. your lived experiences and, you know, coming here to share that with everybody that listens. Um, let me ask you a couple questions. Uh, how can folks find you um, or listen to your podcast if they're curious about following?
2: Uh, well, firstly, thank you for for having me on the show, guys. Truly, appreciate it. Um, like I said, uh, you know, like when I started this 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 whole podcast journey out, like literally a month and a half ago. I was just looking for really cool people, really authentic people, really dope people. And I found your page and I just felt a connection to it. So it really does mean the world to me that you guys shared, you know, your time and your energy with me. Uh, You know, this is the beginning of like a bromance. So I love it. You know what I'm saying? So, (laughs) so like, yeah, like seriously, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Uh, You guys can find me on Instagram uh, and on uh, TikTok. Uh, So on Instagram, it is uh, South Asian soul podcast um and literally south asian and then it's sol podcast and then on um tiktok it's the same handle and then my personal instagram which is pretty much advertisement for my podcast now is at bad biryani so b-a-d-b-i-r-y-a-n-i the reason why is because Biryani is a is a really popular Pakistani dish and good biryani was taken. So I said, screw it. I'm going to be bad biryani. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, so bad biryani on Instagram uh, and then South Asian Soul podcast on both uh, TikTok and Instagram. I put all of my stuff up on there. Uh, I have podcast episodes every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, you know, and then, you know, uh, any guys, you know, I'm, I'm just a a normal dude. I'm not hard to, to binary make connections with so if that's where you guys want to find me hit me up and then on tiktok i like to not just talk about uh, issues that are related to just south asians but like i said none of us are free until all of us are free right so uh, i'll talk about black issues i'll talk about sexism i will talk about homophobia I'll, i'm gonna i'm gonna do my research and 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 talk about indigenous issues latino issues because that is something itself admittedly i have very little knowledge on so this conversation mm-hmm. was really awesome thank you for having me on and uh yeah it's it's really just about You know, like with great power comes great responsibility. You know, if you can Mm -hmm. do... If you can do good things okay. for other people, you have a moral obligation to do it. So that's why I do what I do. So
0: amazing.
1: Awesome. And, and two for the listeners, we will put all of the information in our show notes too. So if you know, you know, sometimes when people listen, I, I'm one of the bad people, like, oh, wait, what they say? what they say? So we'll, we'll have all the info in the show notes. Again, I just want to say cut for your time. Cut means thank you, my language. Um, super dope. I definitely learned a lot from you too. And it's, it's just awesome that we could, you know, share space and, and you know relate and all this crazy stuff as being like brown men in America, you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. So definitely appreciate it. And um, looking forward to, you know, future partnerships and you're always welcome back on the Brown sound. And uh,
0: yeah. All right. So, so I, I want to, yes. And we want to thank everybody again for listening to the Brown sound podcast. If you haven't yet, please consider giving us a five star rating on Spotify or Apple podcast. Um, and as always, we will return. Thanks so much. We will see you next time. Adios.
1: See you later. See you guys. Cuts the for listening to the Brown sound podcast.
0: We've had a blast with you all today. Make sure to tune in next time to follow us
1: more closely. You can check us out on Instagram at the Brown sound podcast for
0: partnership opportunities. Or if you just want to get a hold of us, make sure to email us at the Brown sound podcast, two Oh eight at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at Brown sound podcast.
1: Disclaimer, the thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and the hosts only.